Hey guys, we are going to be talking about what motivates you today. Yeah, this is part three of our five-part series on God's will leaves you breadcrumbs. When we can bring all these breadcrumbs together, when we understand these different elements of God's will, we can have clarity on what he's calling us to do, what his plan is for our life. So we're going to be exploring motivations today, not just what you desire, but how you desire it. And Mm. guess what? You've got one that is particular to you. Stick around. Hey folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I am Aaron. We are the Ingolds, the founders of Metanoia Catholic, where we aim to make mindset coaching authentically Catholic and practical. We just love to take all of these tools and techniques and share them with you on this podcast. We also train and coach other Catholic coaches. Come on into the podcast. guys welcome back we are continuing our series on god's will leaves you breadcrumbs yes yes so we get a lot of questions on how do i know god's will for my life how do i trust my desires how do i know where my desires end and god's desire begins all those things uh we're addressing that in this podcast we get a lot in our metanoia catholic academy that's our group coaching area where please join us over at catholiccoaching.com you can learn more about that but the um the piece with uh with this podcast, what we're doing with this podcast is we're boiling things down to four elements of motivation, or excuse me, motivation is what we're talking about today, (laughs) but it's four elements of God's will. Whereas if you can come to know each one of these elements, when you bring them together, you start to get a very clear picture of God's plan for your life and how God moves you and how the spirit is moving you throughout your life. So uh, we break it down these four elements because they're intelligible, mm. all right? Last week, we uh, dove into story, understanding our story. Uh, today, we're going to be diving into the element of motivation. This is another one that we can learn about how we are motivated, not necessarily what we're motivated to, mm-hmm. but how we are moved into action, right? So if we're going to bring God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that is taking action. In a lot of ways, it's, it's just, I, I was on retreat this weekend, and uh, our priest, uh, our retreat director, led us through this reflection on creation. He's like, it's, it's almost as if God did 95% of creation and then stopped and then created man and said, okay, cultivate and care for the garden. Take it the next 5%. We're going to, mm-hmm. uh, part of your Imago Dei is we're going to co-create together. Well, that's an active, Action. that's an active Action. participation, <laughs> right? To co- be co-creative. So mm-hmm. motivation is what moves us into action and so uh, when we explore the ways that we are motivated, we start to understand how God is, has designed us to take the next 5%, to be co-creative yeah. uh, in the kingdom. Yeah, and so today we're going to be talking about really giving you permission to look at your motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts about motivations and what we desire and how we desire. And suspicion. Suspicion there. there. And then we're also going to talk about um, have you guys look at your own unique motivations. Matt and I are going to share our unique motivations because that's an element here too. We have unique motivations. What Matt is motivated by is not the same that what I'm motivated by. And that is, I think, an an amazing discovery. Yeah, it's amazing also. And and I think what what I also love is what it does for our relationship 
because prior to like really diving into the understanding the motivations and even M code is one of those assessments we're going to be talking about the motivation code. All right. We had Josh Miller on our podcast Mm -hmm. a couple of months ago. He's one of the founders of that assessment. Uh, when we don't look at our unique motivations, we presume, we can presume that everybody's motivated just as we are, mm-hmm. right? And so when people are not motivated the way we are, we often tend to think something's wrong with them. Or, <laughs> you know, or and that's like in a team setting, but maybe you're at a job and you're at a job that completely drains you and you don't know where your motivation comes from mm-hmm. and you don't know that your motivations are intrinsic and that they change and that necessarily like things don't really create your motivations. They start interiorly first. Mm -hmm. Really good things to know. Yeah. That's a, that's a really exciting point there about the intrinsic motivations is what that means. Folks It's like motivation doesn't, isn't created for us by outside circumstances. So you can be motivated wherever you're at, even if it's not necessarily a job that you like, right? But you can't say it's the job's fault that you're not motivated because motivations are intrinsic. We're going to talk more about that as we get into this. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into it, Aaron. I think yeah. this is going to be an adventure. So like you're going to learn something today about your particular motivations, why to consider these things, how you can dive a little bit deeper into these. We're going to have an, an understanding, some practical exercises that we're going to give you at the end of this so that you can start to explore your own intrinsic motivations as well. Certainly M-Code assessment is one of those ways of doing that, but we have a free way for you to be able to just do that as well. Um, but let's get into just our, our word nerd and defining the terms that we're working with, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. So motivate, actually, it's the same. It's a Latin word modus, which, you know, locomotive, motive, mm-hmm. anything like that. Movement. It moves us. It's movement. It's motion. Um, if you look up the definition of the word motivation, it means it's the inner stimulus for action. Mm-hmm. So there's that intrinsic space that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really big piece here because I was just listening to Todd Henry who wrote the book Motivation Code and he was talking about myths about motivations. And he said, a lot of people think I have to be in the perfect job to feel motivated or mm-hmm. I have to do the perfect actions so I feel motivated. No, motivation is a form of desire. Desire is an emotion. Mm-hmm emotion there's that word again you know it's a desire and and that motivation comes from that desire comes from a thought Mm -hmm. so it starts interiorly and it is very unique for every person here Mm -hmm. so what what i love that todd henry and josh miller and their team did was they like aaron says the motivation comes from a thought okay well some thoughts are going to motivate me and not motivate Aaron or motivate you yeah. listeners here and, and, and vice versa. So it, in, in a, a lot of ways, what they've done is with their M code assessment, they have given, yeah, they, they've actually given you like how to structure a thought that is going to be uniquely motivating for you. It's that's so going to cool. stir up desire for you or aversion to you. So those are those two passions. Yeah. We just got done with our series on the art of managing your emotions. We talked about aversion and desire. Both of those are the motivating passions. Why they do we say you. they move you? They are movements. 
uh, that you have there. So we've also heard in sales before that people uh, are moved to buy something by a, pl- a promise of pleasure, right? A mm-hmm. desire or avoidance of some sort of pain. And so when you're in the sales pitch, you're kind of amplifying the pleasure, but also amplifying the pain because we want them running away and running But towards. everybody has different forms of pleasure and pain. Right. So like if you're a salesperson on this or, or, or you're a coach and you, you want to get something to action, like listen in here yeah. or your parents, goodness gracious, uh, you're going to start becoming astute to what really drives your kids. Um because yeah, that's how we start to shape good decisions mm-hmm. and virtue and things like that. Okay, so important premises. I know when I when we say okay, uh, let's look at our motion, our, our motivations. What moves us? Or it's tough to talk about motivation without talking about desire. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to do our best here because there are some distinctions. We're talking about how you're actually moved. That's what we mean by motivations versus yeah. what you're moving towards. That's more desire. Um, or your object of desire. There, there can of, often be suspicion, right? Because we have been moved to do things and it hasn't really turned out the best way. Sometimes we can be moved towards something that's not necessarily good for us. Mm-hmm. We call that a vicious action. Um, but some important premises here to really doing this work of assessing our, 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 our the intentions behind our motivations and whether or not they're, they're driving us towards something good. Uh, I want to invite you to consider, are you in the state of grace? All right. That's like premise number one. We're presuming here that you're in the state of grace. Number two, uh, that you are actively pursuing virtue. Okay. Uh, The more we're pursuing virtue, the more our habits are inclining us towards the good. Right. And that's just going to make it easier easier for us to hear God's voice, hear God's voice, (laughs) trust these motivations as they start to move us and we're we're moving and and being able to assess if they're moving us the right direction. And then also like having a regular prayer life and participating in the sacraments. Those three things can like move us from a place of our motivations and our desires, okay? Motivations mm-hmm. and desires are like 10% trustworthy versus like they're 90% trustworthy. So when we're in those things, we're in the state of grace, we're pursuing virtue actively and intentionally, and then we're in a, we have a prayer life and we are participating in the sacraments, vastly different our ability to trust these movements, mm-hmm. uh, these interior movements. Um, why is it important to trust these things? Because if we're not going to trust the interior movements, then I think we're questioning the great promise of the gospel of Christ actually giving us his Holy Spirit, right? What does the Holy Spirit do? Like the Holy Spirit living in us moves us. It's a participation. Grace is a participation in God's divine life. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit moves us. And Christ gave us this advocate to teach us everything we need to know, remind him of everything uh, he has said, and to, to move us towards our destiny move and bring us back to the father right Mm -hmm. so so we experience that through these interior movements all right so let me be clear on this when we're in the state of grace when we're in relationship with the lord when we're actively pursuing virtue and we're like staying close to the sacraments Mm -hmm. we have permission to trust those motivations i'm going to add one more like greater permission yes like it's it's even one more thing to that to that list not just relationship with the lord but your desire, your object of desire is God here. Okay, so remember mm-hmm. we're talking about that movement towards, if you listen to our podcast on desire, a key element to that desire, that emotion of desire is knowing what you love, knowing what you're directing that desire towards. Mm-hmm. And so where we can really fall into confusion here is when maybe we're loving ourselves versus God right? Maybe we are the object of desire versus God. Mm -hmm. And I say that word versus, and I want to kind of land there for a second, because 
a lot of times we can love ourselves as a fruit of our loving God. And that's actually probably the most proper way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But when we love ourselves first and not God, we're, le we're leaving him out of it. So a great way to actually order our motivations is to say, what is the object of my desire mm -hmm. here? Is it to love God and grow his kingdom? Is it to love God? And so that's just a great question for you to ask as you're discerning these. Yeah, that's why it's difficult to, to divorce desire from motivations. But again, when we get into motivations, we're talking about how you get into movement, what really, how you're driven to, to how you are you're really excited and moved, driven. Yeah. right? Not necessarily what you're moving towards. Okay. Yes. And, and the final thing I'll say with this is like on this side of heaven, just, just know that there's going to be some weeds amongst the wheat in your desire, right? It, it takes an act of repentance and, and continual work. Our work moving towards something we desire is desiring it more perfectly for God's glory mm -hmm. alone. We're only allowed really one attachment it's God, right? And so we may understand that like, I, I know what I'm pursuing, sometimes my vanity's mixed in there as well. That doesn't mean don't move, it means go to confession, that's what it means. Keep moving, trust in the Lord, trust in his redemption, offer it to the Lord Repent. for his uh, perfection. Like that's that's the work that we're, we're doing here. And, it, and I think a great story again that came up from my from my uh, retreat this weekend. And, and was, I think this encapsulates kind of the distinction that yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, is, is, is the one of St. Ignatius himself. Okay, so most people know the story of St. Ignatius. I'll do a quick recap. Like, he he was a, uh, a, a knight and nobleman in Spain, I think, what, the 16th century, something Doesn't like matter. that? Doesn't matter. All right. St. Ignatius of Loyola. St. Ignatius of Loyola. Okay, so he he's lives. a knight, nobleman, and he just wanted glory. He wanted a life of glory, of, of, you know, damsel in distress, knight in shining armor, a lot of self-glorification. It was even to the point where he was, um, they were under attack. He was in a castle or some sort of citadel, and he had 29 other knights with him, and he convinced all of them that it is better to die an honorable death than to surrender to the French. Well, he leads a charge, and he's the first one out the gate, and immediately a cannonball smacks him in the knee, and he goes down, and the 29 other guys surrender at that point. Run away. All right. <laughs> Run away! So he's end up, the, the French send him back over for a ransom, so he's at home recovering, and he... He, he realizes that they didn't set his knee very well and he's going to have a limp. And so he convinces the doctors to do a very dangerous surgery. Again, this, think of the vainglory that's driving this because he doesn't want to have a limp. Uh, to do a very dangerous surgery to break his leg again, no anesthesia, no antiseptics, uh, and reset his leg. Well, they do this, and he gets an infection, a very terrible infection. And it's only through the intercession, as we understand, of, of other, another family that had a dedication to St. Peter and Paul that he actually recovers, like miraculously recovers. Uh, but in that recovery, he starts reading some of these stories about the saints. Uh, the saints and the life of Christ. And so he spends his day thinking, daydreaming about these noble stories but he doesn't have the books anymore and then he goes and he reads some of these other books and he spends 90 percent of his day thinking about those things and then 10 percent thinking about christ and then it's 60 40 and then it's 50 50 and before you know it he's just realizing that when he's thinking about christ he's thinking about the saints he has a joy that lasts and it doesn't dissipate and so he realizes this is the way he wants to go and so he says i want to i still desire my glory but i know this is the path that is going to attain my glory this path of righteousness this path of christianity is going to be the way and so what he does is he actually 
uh, goes and does a, uh, a big confession. Remember, that's step one. Go to confession, does a two-day confession, and then he leaves his home, and uh, he has somebody make him a makeshift a makeshift peasant outfit, right? <laughs> a designer peasant outfit, which is just hysterical. Versace. Uh, because he's, yeah, Versace peasant outfit because he's he wants to be so humble. And he rides off, hides his armor, and then puts on this peasant out- outfit, and he, he goes off on a pilgrimage. And, and so think of this. He's being moved right now still for personal glory, but through God's grace alone, all right? The beautiful thing is on this pilgrimage, this is where he writes the spiritual exercises. Mm-hmm. And you think about the fruits of people that have experienced the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, abundant fruits, abundant clarity of like coming to know Christ. And here he was still at this point in his life. He was an AMDG. He wasn't for the gl- greater glory of God. He was for his own glory, but this was just the means he was going about it. Still disordered, still weeds amongst the still weeds. Still moving though. Still moving. And God worked with him still and yeah. brought about something great, a tremendous gift to the to the church, even amidst his vice. That's why we say, okay, like these movements, don't be overly suspicious of them and think that God can't work with them. He certainly worked with St. Ignatius. He can work with each one of us. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now like knowing that our motivations are things that are unique and the Lord can still work with them, even when they're not perfect, it's like the question, do you think God wants you to get in touch with some of your own personal motivations? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think so. And I I love that story because of just, and you said it, but I want to like emphasize it again. Like his object of desire was moving throughout Mm -hmm. that story. It was going from, you know, he was, his object was himself at first. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of slowly started to move towards God. And Mm -hmm. like you said, even when he started his journey, even when you could say he started to become a saint, Mm-hmm. He still had self focus, but then it's it turned into all for greater glory of God, AMDG at right. that point at Eventually. the end of his life, um, which is awesome. Yeah, and that only comes in that AMDG folks. We can't self generate that. That comes through an infusion of grace. And I tell you, like where I've experienced is my own life is is with our journal, right? Yeah. Exercise three in our journal. We call it contemplating our goals with God. And so we have these goals, we have these desires, we have these pursuits, and folks, yeah, sometimes there's some weeds amongst the wheat no, in terms of what moves They need to be us. refined. They need to be right, refined. Right. I like to say that all, all the time. It's not the exception, it's the rule. <laughs> yes, yes. So just like trust it, be aware of it. But this is where the infused virtue of hope does its work, okay? The theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, those are infused. We cannot generate them for ourselves. There's no, like... There's no acquired virtue of faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. It comes from God alone. And the beautiful thing about praying for that infused virtue of hope is actually purifies our desires. So it can be AMDG. I'm, and, and, and I'm doing this for God's glory alone. And I have experienced folks where it's like, I've got a goal and it is financial driven. It is self-serving. It is, I want, I want to feel secure because I'm resting in some sort of, you know, material provision. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. And I recognize it. And it's like, okay, Lord, I, prevent, I repent of it. And over time, I, I can't tell you when it happened. Eventually, there's just this desire to do it regardless of whether I get those things or not for God's greater glory. And that's how it works. I mean, that, that's we can see that example even in St. Ignatius's life. So check out the journal here, folks. Yeah, for sure. And plug that. Okay. Um, Moving on to the next thing. 
we have particular motivations. Yes. Right? So so as a human, we have universal motivations. We have universal desires. And that is for, you know, sleep, food, drink, sex, like survival. Survival. Um, I want to say I, I don't think like sex is a desire to propagate that, that sure yeah like these are natural like yes. movements that we have survival and I think growth just certainly we can look at those universal mm-hmm. motivations i guess you could say and or objects of desire and see okay like there's some revelation in here like yeah god wants the se- the species to continue on yes right like yes. he wants us to have life yep right mm-hmm. okay and then there's the particulars yeah and these are what get me most excited actually yeah so every person, let's talk about M code a little okay, bit. Okay, I do don't it. know a ton about it, but what I do know, we know enough to give you a little enough. bit of value here. We've taken the assessment, there's and it's like twenty-seven. Awesome. There's twenty-seven. Like they've been studying this for years. Yeah, right? about like fifty years worth of data that they've been building on this. Yep. The yep. assessment is very cool too. They ask you to like for an achievement story. We'll get to that. Well, it's a narrative-based assessment. Usually these assessments are all multiple choice and that's how they do this, but this is they've woven in narrative, like your own personal narrative into it, which is, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it's actually has a validity factor that's higher than even Clifton Strengths, which is amazing. We love Clifton Strengths, but it's actually as a very good, um, uh, like when, if you take this, it's the factor that they're measuring. If you take this again and again, you're going to end up with the same results. Like it's higher than that of Clifton strengths. So, yeah. So basically what your motivations are is like, you're just identifying what uniquely drives you, what gets you into that motion. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, like motivation means motion, but like what actually uniquely distract describes you or drives you, I'm sorry, helps you gain like awareness of why you do the things that you do gives you greater productivity, greater collaborative effort and effective effectiveness, effectivity mm-hmm. <laughs> makes you a better leader. There's like a lot of things. So once you can kind of like identify what motivates you, suddenly you feel so seen. That was our experience. Yes. It was like, oh my goodness, more so than the strengths test, mm-hmm. more so than even the temperaments. Temperaments are like very much like, your disposition, how you were born, like your launch pad. It covers and it covers a broad range yes. of things. So you can get a lot from temperaments, but like this this assessment is so pretty dialed in on what motivates you, which is cool. Yeah. But what I love about this too is it really helps you identify what gives you a deep sense of meaning in mm-hmm. your life and, and the work that you do. And so um, my top three are be unique, And I'll describe each one of them, okay? So my number one was be unique. And I seek to distinguish myself from others by displaying some talent, quality, or aspect that is distinctive and special. Mm -hmm. Now, I could take that be unique and become very self-focused. I could also take that be unique and say, okay, Lord, how can we go about evangelizing? in a unique way? Mm -hmm. How can we go about teaching people in a unique way? How can we go about influencing people in a unique way? And I am nodding to my other two motivators here. My other motivator here is influencing behavior. I am motivated to gain reaction or response from people that indicates I have influenced their thinking, feeling, and behaviors. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm also motivated by that. And so I can have that object of desire be to for God and like to build up his kingdom. And that's going to look very different from if it's a vicious end goal being like, I want to, you know, influence people to do what I say. I want to manipulate people to do what I say. Yeah. Well, also how you go about doing it too is, yeah. is going to be different. So like, so say for example, I, I got invited to be on a board, right? And it was a board for an orphanage over in Uganda. And I, it's like, I love the mission, right? And it really feeds a motivation that I have, which is like make an impact. That's my number two on my assessment. But then also like be key is a big part of it. So be key. Like I would not be motivated to be on this board. Like I love the mission, but I would not be motivated feel motivated to be on this board if I if I didn't think I had an opportunity to really be key in some of the decisions that were made and like even structuring some of the the way that we operate because that's another piece I'd like to be an architect I'd like to really take a vision and and put it put flesh on it those are two other motivations of mine so like you can see how like that that desire to be key to make an impact to archi- all like to together. be an arch- they they start to work together and then even you can see I'm like I'm getting energized thinking about this but some people like but some people uh, and that's going to impact how I actually show up like I want to be part of those conversations about where we're going mm-hmm. I want to be part of, of putting the structure in place and and researching the elements that we can have like even re- like I got tasked out with okay. researching like the, our our email system that we have like that's an element of architecture that mm-hmm. I can put together with this yeah. so like those are knowing that and knowing that I'm getting to lean into those things I can start to really be energized to participate well on this board what's going up what's going on nothing okay you want to talk no I just want to get back to want to get back to telling my other motivator oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was a little motivated to be key be key there showed up um, which is actually in my top five too, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. So, okay. So Matt just gave you an example of all of the ways that he uses your top. What are your top? Uh, well, it's I'll like, finish mine. yeah, you finish yours. I will finish mine and then we'll go and do you. Okay. Yeah. So demonstrate new learning. That's my, my third one here. I'm motivated to learn how to do something new and to show that I can do it. And when I went through this assessment with one of my coaches, um, with an M code facilitator, um, what I noticed by this one, I, I was really motivated to give to others. It was that piece where it wasn't just showing people that I could do it. It was like gifting other people Mm -hmm. with the same ability to do it. And that's where I saw the, um, influencing others kind of coming into play with this one. So Mm -hmm. it was collaborative with that. And from these three motivations, I look back and I'm like, wow, okay. So creating a coach training, a Catholic coach training that didn't exist before. So there's that be unique piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And then bringing in the how to influence behavior, which is really funny because one of the core things that we do is help people find out their thinking, feeling and actions. Mm -hmm. And that's, in the description of influencing behavior mm-hmm. and then the demonstrating new learning, like learning it for myself and then imparting that, that what I've learned onto my students and the coaches that I coach and teach. It's like, I see all three of these just coming to life in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why you produce so much and you're I, like never out of energy. 
never stopping. So like, yeah, yeah like we, we try to make, I've tried, I've tried. Cause I like, I like to have the structure in place and stability and things like that. And Aaron just wants to keep creating stuff. And so it's tough to, you have to constantly be building structure to accommodate yeah. the creativity. And it's, it's kind of like, all right, this is in our DNA. So like, I'm just going to accept this. And it's actually pretty awesome too. Um, cause it expands the mission it expands the impact. And so it's like, I found leaning into my make an impact motivation, mm-hmm. something where it's like, at first I was averse to creating more. Mm-hmm. So like there's that motivation, aversion, <laughs> right? Showing up. But because the thought I had was like, this is actually making things more difficult. Mm. Okay. But rather now I was like, oh no, this is actually creating more value and it's actually making a greater impact, like helping Metanoia Catholic make a greater impact mm-hmm. by uncapping her creative potential here. It's like, okay, now I'm motivated with, and I'm desiring more of that. So like I'm motivated to kind of create a space for Aaron mm-hmm. and to even like do the hard work sometimes of like, building more structure or making more investments to be able to, you know, or doing another marketing campaign to be able to make space for you to create that value. Could you tell me your top three and then the descriptions of them? Sure. See sure. how they could be like self-serving, but then also when they're pointed towards yes, God. How can yes. Yes. Okay. So be key is my number one. And, and I look at, I know also my root sin is vanity. So I can see how be key, right. Being, which is like you are motivated to be a key person who holds things together and gives the meaning and or direction, I can see how vanity can play in there. So like that's part of my own mm-hmm. program of life is like working against that vanity, but at the same time not dismissing that I desire to be key and that God has made that my my motivation to be key. Um, number two, make an impact. Uh, you seek to shape and impact the world around you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, realize the vision. You take a vision and or concept and make it a reality. So cool. Yeah. That is like so you actually. Like, yes. And even just the type of coach you are, like when even from our, our niche test. I'm a visionary coach. Like yes. number one, you're a visionary. And then, but also if we brought in like the strengths and everything, like you're an executor too, which I can really see your number two, make an impact. Yep. It's like, how do we make this concrete? How do we actually put this? And the vision one too, where it's like taking that vision that, lofty thing and then making it concrete yes. making it a reality yeah and then, like i guess my four and my five are like mm-hmm. my four is architect you create a plan using your technical expertise and then advise and oversee specialists in execution of that plan all right and then number five design um you're inspired by taking a vision or big picture plan and giving it form feeling in depth through a concrete design i look at what we did with vcc mm-hmm. and how I, I i literally lost 20 pounds because you forgot to eat. I forgot to eat. Like I was so motivated. I had the vision. Yeah. Like there was there was like the the whole make an impact that was a part of it. it was amidst COVID. Churches were shut down. Speakers were sitting on their butts. Like pe- mm-hmm. like people just wanted an outlet to be able to share and inspire. And like this was and it was also like taking expertise to be able to kind of orchestrate this and help people know which where they where they had to, like where they what they had to do to make it happen. And all those pieces came together so beautifully and it was just a a beautiful symphony at the end of it. And so like, but I was so motivated throughout it. And then there was like, there was faith that was behind it. And there was like a sincere desire to be gift that was feeling it too. There's so much grace in that moment and it went viral, you know, 64,000 people later. it It was big. 
Yeah, so how could you kind of take one of those, the make an impact or even the third one? Because you kind of give an example. What's the third one? Oh, the vision. Realize the vision. Yeah, like how could you, how can those show up in a vicious way and then a virtuous way? Like we kind of get an yeah, example. Yeah, so like realize the vision. Virtuous. Like when we go virtuous and vicious, I like to think of virtuous is when we go interdependent, right? And when we go vicious, we go independent dependent or codependent mm. right so it's all relative to relationship here uh so what does vision create the vision look like in an interdependence it's it's being open to other people to contribute to it and it's like but you're you have a gift of being able and like you're motivated to find clarity with that vision and integrity with that vision mm -hmm. that's i know that's that's how mine shows up and so where it can show up viciously is if i just say you know what, aaron i don't want your input Mm -hmm. And like that crushes you because you love collaboration. You love to be key as well. And so like and also, I'm high ideation. And also your high ideation. And so it's just <laughs> like it's just kind of dumb for me not to do that. So um, but it's also very prideful for me not to do that. So I can go in independent and like it's my vision. Sorry. Yes, Sorry, everyone. Like it's we're building mine. out another program um, that I'm so excited about. So excited about because it because um, I think it's that one it's, i think it's your number three it's going to take all this stuff here like if you're enjoying this podcast series it's going to take it and it's going to make it super practical and it's going to give you such clarity on god's plan for your life love it uh it's going to make a huge impact uh which i'm super <laughs> motivated but like huge i recognize that i might be central like i really wanted this to be my baby mm. and so i was closed off to aaron i was i was closed off to collaborating with other people and even from my retreat um I had this vision for another program that the Lord kind of laid on my heart. And I said, what do I do? What's the lamp unto my feet? And the Lord was just so amazing. He just says, I want you to share it with your friend Ryan, with Aaron, with your team. Like, just share it with people. Don't act on it. Don't start running. Don't start going independent because you know you have the tendency to do that. But like, keep it open so that we can stay in a virtuous place with these motivations. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Already, I'm starting to experience the fruits of living out that visionary interdependently, right? But I'm still using that motivation, that way that I'm motivated. And being visionary, I'm like making an impact, being central. But like sometimes being central is, make, is being central to making space for other people to contribute. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So there's something. But like here's like one of the things that they brought up, Aaron, and you highlighted this is, you know, like it, it's not, it's, it's intrinsic, these motivations mm -hmm. and it like the desires may change, right? Uh, our values but what will doesn't change. change. Our, yeah. our object of our desire will change mm -hmm. throughout our lives. Hopefully it will turn into like similar to St. Ignatius's story. It will turn into the object of desire will be for God, but we're, we're also, you know, pilgrims on the way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that, that will start to change throughout your life. But that way that you desire, that how you desire, how you are motivated, that doesn't change, like at all. Mm -hmm. I, there's people who take who take this test like a ten year gap, and it's it is identical. Mm -hmm. The results of this test because it just doesn't change. And you know, it's funny looking at these motivations. I look back in my life, and I'm like. Yep, that showed up there, that showed up there, that showed up there. And it's all of these like achievement stories, these these stories that felt like such fulfillment mm -hmm. in my life. And because I was always very different, 
um, even when I, you know, like some, some things that always showed up were like um, performances, like being in front of people, mm -hmm. doing something new, something different that nobody's ever done before, but also bringing a team in and being like, hey, you'd be great here. And oh my goodness, aren't you so excited about that? You know, and then like, <laughs> here's how you do it. Here's how you do this dance move. <laughs> Which is funny. I'm thinking of my achievement stories and they're kind of small and like little. I know it's a thought, but there's a lot of people who would be like, that is not an achievement story. I'm like, it was for me. I was in complete flow and mm -hmm. I was totally motivated to get it done. And I didn't have those experiences in school. Like I wasn't motivated to learn. I don't know. C calculus. Like I just wasn't like that was not a thing. Um but I'm sure if it was like, hey, Aaron, can you learn calculus in your own unique way and also influence others as you're doing? I'm like, that would have been a very different approach. Can you define, like, can you think of a unique and fun way for you and a group of people to, to learn this calculus? Right. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> I think I could do that. Right. And then I'd probably learn it, but as a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be learning it, but I would be like, I can do that. I can definitely help with that way. Yeah. And yes. so you, you notice this with your kids too, mm -hmm. right? For parents that are out there or people that are teachers that got students, like some kids you can be like, hey, um, I'm going to I'm gonna do the timer, right? And we're going to get the, as many toys picked up as possible. And you're like, Marcus, let go. And like they're driven, they're moved by this because they, they maybe they're motivated by- A challenge. Like- Ch overcoming yeah. a challenge yeah right meet and the challenge is meet one the of challenge them. is one of those things uh but maybe some of those like the kids go like ah like they're just dragging through it because this is too much pressure for them and maybe it's just like it's like okay like what is a creative way that we can find to put these toys away and be very very silly about it right and it's just like okay like, yeah. like i remember even you know avila she didn't want to get dressed one morning and it's like okay when we put your shirt on, as soon as your head pops out, you need to make a funny face mm -hmm. and like make me laugh, right? And who knows? Maybe influence others is like one oh, of her one of her I motivations. Think so. I think right. it is. Okay, all right. Certainly. Apples don't fall far from the tree. Yeah. So, like, but you start to discover what really moves what moves your people, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and you start to appreciate that as well. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about dopamine? Because dopamine is yeah, really well, the like thing before, that before we get people. yeah before oh, okay. we get into dopamine and like the all right maybe you hit it already these these motivations they're not going to change folks yeah I did and here's mm -hmm. and here's the thing too like they're not circumstance based too so you can still be in a job where you don't necessarily find the mission very um, inspiring for you mm -hmm. or desirable for you but you can still lean into these unique motivations leverage them. and it will still generate the motivational energy to do what needs to get done. Yes. Okay. There are things that we have to do still that we don't necessarily particularly enjoy doing, but we can still be motivating. So motivating doesn't mean that you're enjoying it or like you're taking a deep mm -hmm. pleasure with it, but you can still be moved into action to do what needs to be done. And so, like say for me and like be key, it's like, okay, how can I leverage be key in this situation where I don't necessarily feel like doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And that sends my brain on a mission or how can I be the designer? How can I be the architect? How can I be, um, you know, make an impact or something like that? So uh, you start to send your brain on a mission to think of those thoughts 
that leverage those, well, I can make an impact by blah, and then that mm-hmm. will generate some motivational energy for you, okay? That's that's like, that's how you leverage the most. Yeah, no, I have here. a couple examples in my life, if I mm-hmm. could share them. Yeah. Um, like as a coach, I know that I need to go write content. And I know that I have a lot of ideas and I need to get them out on paper. But, and it can, it can kind of like hit some of these motivations and I probably could leverage these more in those moments, but I do feel very drained when I leave that. And and that is guys, that's a, that's a key indicator. If you're energized after you've kind of been motivated to do something like energy you've done it energy is 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 an indicator Mm -hmm. um excitement is an indicator that you are kind of being motivated you are hitting something on your core one of your core motivations Mm -hmm. um but you know even after i've written for a little bit i'm like like just feel drained Mm -hmm. and i think it's because i don't have that influencing behavior i don't have that influencing others in that moment one of my favorite things to do is to try things out live with people. Like I, I notice a, a Cause difference. Get feedback. Yes, because I get immediate feedback <laughs> yeah. and I can see people's faces. I can see people's comments at least. I'm like, okay, so like this is something that is highly motivating to me. So if, if I'm creating content or trying out new content, I want a, a, an audience, a group right. of people so yep. I can read people, even if it's just one person, I, I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed the difference between us. We did a live, we'll do Instagram lives and I love the lives because there's that interaction mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, we're moving people. Like, yeah, let's do this. Um, versus a pre-recorded video. Cause I remember, I remember saying to you, I'm like, um, I've, I had a hard time with, mm-hmm. with podcasting and it was it was mainly because I was, had to be the one that was like organizing everything. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, time, right? You were still working at VCC. And so I felt like it was a lot on me. And some of these other motivations like organ, organizing is very low for me. Well, even like, even like getting it done. Getting that's one of done, those motivations. Like, it. And Ugh. that's like you were, but you were like leaning into that. And I was like, and that uh, that's not even really super high for me. Yeah. As much as I like high executor themes and cliff and strikes, mm-hmm. but like, so like, but you were leaning on that, getting it done. And when you were leaning on getting draining. it done, pff, like so deflating, like all of a sudden, yeah. Like, and then the stress comes up, the time crunch gets up mm-hmm. when you're trying to lean on that motivation. But we've switched it. Now we're doing these together. We're creating these podcasts together, which is why they're so much better now. Um, well, you're st- <laughs> Yes, they are. I think they are. But um, and well, I've been we, enjoying it. Well, what, what we've done is we've changed. We, we have changed circumstances. You might be thinking like, well, you've changed circumstances. That's what makes it better. Well, ideal conditions which is one of those elements we're going to talk about uh, in this series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be really helpful to kind of making it easy to live in that motivation zone. Yes. So it's not all just mindset work that you're doing mm-hmm. sometimes like when you can't change the circumstances mindset work is is really your work to do i I would say always do mindset work first oh yeah always that is primary Mm -hmm. so find out what motivates you like utilize it don't automatically change your condition especially if you can't you know um but yeah i think there are certain ideal conditions that could leverage help you leverage your motivations quicker and more efficiently so yes yeah that's that's my example so there's like just notice those areas in your life where you're feeling totally drained 
And then notice those areas in your life where you're completely in flow and you've forgotten to eat. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk dopamine and then we'll get into our prac app uh, as we wrap up here. Okay. So dopamine, we've been listening to uh, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman uh, quite a bit. He's got a podcast. He's a, a neurologist over or neuroscientist. I don't know. Uh, neuro- neurologist, I believe. Over, over at, too, um, I think. Yeah, at, uh, at Stanford University. Uh, but I, I love what he does. He just wants to make that brain science very practical and accessible for people. So check that out. I nerd out on this stuff. But he starts talking about dopamine. All right. So dopamine, perhaps you're familiar with this. It's a it's a it's a like hormone, right? Or it's like some sort of chemical in our body, all right? And I'm not the scientist here. So yeah. it's but it's it's associated it's a pleasure chemical. All right. So when you uh, open up your Instagram and you see four hundred likes on your post, you're gonna feel pleasure like there's gonna be a little dopamine release that's there uh and like that dopamine release it it, it's what fills you with that sense of pleasure that's there so oftentimes we associate dopamine release with when we're pursuing a goal when we've arrived at the goal and there can Mm. be a dopamine release there certainly is a dopamine release that's there but really there's dopamine that's being released throughout the journey here as well and what the amazing thing is about dopamine release dopamine release is really mindset driven right it's very subjective it's not something where like you can create this cocktail or create your circumstances and then that's what causes the dopamine to release he talks about this dopamine is very subjective what does that mean like we have unique ways that we're motivated right Mm -hmm. my be central and is like is something that releases dopamine for me right that it it motivates me okay why do i know this is dopamine doesn't just stop at pleasure what it does is actually the molecular components in dopamine are also the building blocks of epinephrine. All right, epinephrine is an adrenaline. It gets us into movement, right? It's a hormone that gets us into movement at this point. So the dopamine, the pleasure, the desire, right? You can't separate motivation from desire. The object of desire creates the dopamine, all right? And you get to choose what that object of desire is. Mm -hmm. And then that is what translate that dopamine molecule can can convert into the epinephrine that's what gets us into movement adrenaline gets us into movement so epinephrine is is more so technically the motivation molecule yeah yeah, yeah. like that's the movement molecule so it's okay. like desire molecule is the um dopamine. dopamine and then the movement molecule or the movement uh, chemical is more nice. the epinephrine and so cool. I don't know if this is science, like we haven't, I don't think there's a studies there, but like something that helps me think about it is like, okay, so I want to get into movement. I want to get that epinephrine going. It means I need to have something that I desire. Goal setting. But then it's also like that the way that my, my motivation code works sustains that desire and the epinephrine releasing in my uh, body. It's almost like, I wonder if this is just how God has designed dopamine and epinephrine to release in my body. Yeah, I wonder, and that would make cool. Yeah, because if that's the case, then God has designed me Mm -hmm. to live out my like. Because each one of these motivations causes you to show up differently. Like God has designed my body to respond chemically in the way that He wants me to make His presence known in the world. Like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, take the extra, take creation to the final five percent to completion, cultivate and care for the garden. So my unique path for cultivating and caring for the garden is going to conform to my unique design for producing epinephrine and dopamine which is going to conform to my unique motivational codes and the desires that god has placed on my heart right and the more we can 
And, and you know a tree by its fruits here, folks. So like always discernment going forth with this. But again, if we're in a state of grace, mm-hmm. we're pursuing virtue regular, like intentionally, we are uh, have that regular prayer life and participating in the sacraments, we can trust these things more. Yeah. Right? We can start trusting them a little bit more. And we always have confession to be able to fall back on when we get it wrong. Okay? But remember St. Ignatius. He didn't have it perfect, and he created the Ignatian exercises, which have transformed our church. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and he became a saint in the process. Yes! That movement. Guys, we can't... You know, I, I, I think my favorite thing about movement in the coaching world, right? Like, one of the things that kind of makes us distinct as coaches is mm-hmm. we help other people get into action, get into movement. Mm-hmm. Towards an objective. Yeah. Tor- towards a good objective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I think that's a big piece, but also in like the Catholic faith, I think so often we can kind of over spiritualize things and not make our faith incarnate, not through, well, through action, not make it incarnate through action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can get, be stuck. And a lot of people come to us, you know, at Metanoia Catholic and they're like, I'm stuck. And this is, this is a piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so first of all, you just have to start moving right because with with action comes clarity mm-hmm. a little bit more action and comes growth and comes, comes grace yeah yes. so we need to just kind of get you moving but for you to understand your unique desires what per, like compels you to move immediately is such a hack i think yeah. is such like what creates that epinephrine in your in you yes um i, I love it yes this is very like, cool i'm such a fan so where do we start? Where do you start to explore your unique motivation? Certainly you can go get the M code assessment. We're actually working on like it looks like there's an opportunity to to maybe we're we're exploring on how we might be able to tie this into more of the work that we do. Yeah. So we're in conversations with Such them. Such a piece. Uh, but you can certainly go, it's about ninety bucks right now to be able to go and take that assessment. Certainly feel free to do that. Um, but what they ask actually is are these things called achievement stories. Remember we said it's it's one of those assessments that takes in narrative. It's so cool. And it, it, it makes that part of ass- the assessment. So it's very personalized, I think, in that sense. So, uh, Aaron, like, what's an exercise that people can start doing at home that can get them exploring or questioning or curious about how they are motivated? Yeah, so, like, just a couple questions that you can ask is, um, what was an achievement from a particular part, part of your life? Mm-hmm. So something, uh, like an achievement story, you would you would consider it an achievement story. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It could be like super teeny tiny. Like those are some of mine, but it just kind of comes up. And I do like the ones that were from far away, like a long time ago, Mm -hmm. like when you were a child, um, maybe at different sections of your life, like when you're a child, maybe when you're a teenager, and then maybe when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. So pick a time where you're like, this was a great achievement. Um, and don't judge yourself. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't have to be a big one. Like Aaron said before, or other people don't have to acknowledge it. It it doesn't matter if other people acknowledge it as an achievement or not. Yeah. Like it's, it's a personal, I personally find this as, as a, like I'm calling this an achievement. Yes. Yeah. And also like, know that you, like you were kind of in flow. Like you were just like, I am exactly where I need to be Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, what did you do in that moment? Like, what were the actions that you did? Um, what did you achieve 
in that in your mind what did you achieve and why was it fulfilling Mm -hmm. to you and just kind of start to write those out um these will prepare you for if you do take the test the mco test um and then you'll be able to like identify some of those motivators but But i went through i went through the this just kind of these questions before taking mco the site was down for a little bit um and so i just went ahead and made some of these achievement stories after reading the book and um you'll be able to start seeing some things yes. show up. Like even even the the book that they've got that breaks down all the different types. The motivation, motivation code. I codes. already knew that I was high and be unique. Yes. Like before I even took it. But like it, it was, I used to really have a hard time before this. Like I, I, I often say like, I'm not a joiner. Mm-hmm. I don't join other people's programs like unless, unless I think it's going to give me something that I can take and contribute to my own program, right? That's like the architect in me. I want to take areas of expertise and kind of put it together, put it to use someplace else. But like I've, I've always found it not, it's, it's not very motivating for me to join just a parish men's group. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless I started the parish men's group, (laughs) like unless I was like a key leader in and like my B central was something that was there. Um, so uh, I, I just, it allowed me to kind of hold the space for that a little bit. Um, but also knowing knowing that, like, okay, that's why I didn't necessarily feel motivated because I didn't perceive that I was had an opportunity to be central here. Is there a way for me to look at this parish men's group mm-hmm. and still not be in charge, but still be motivated by being central? Maybe it's being central in like the small group discussion. Yeah. Like I get to be central in the small, like in help be central to one person having like their own metanoia moment. Like, wow, that would really impact, make an impact on that person's life. And even now I can start to feel like I start to knowing that I'm motivated by that. I can start to look at something and I can, I can start to consider a way that I could feel inclined to, to, to move towards it and not just say like, Oh, that doesn't motivate me and just say, and then write it off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Because it could be something that's very good and you just need to do a little bit of work. You can leverage these. You can leverage these motivations. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, a coach asked me, we were doing um, practice coaching and she asked me, she's like, how is your, she is a strengths coach, strengths coaching call. How is, how do you show up uniquely? (laughs) She didn't even know that this was my number one motivation, but how do you show up uniquely in your connectedness? And I was like, oh, I love that question. You know, because, it, and that's just a way to I'm leverage. So motivated it. to answer that question right now. Right. So you can leverage these motivations, even just as using them as words, you know, in, in questions and in, in guided it's questions. It's exactly how you use them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's exactly how you use them. Like, and it's exactly how I, I know this about Aaron now. So I ask those questions mm-hmm. like that. So, like, hey, what's, what's like a unique way that we can do this? Or like, what's a way that we can, you know, like think of the stuff that you've already gathered together and like, how can you bring some of your learning into this, into this conversation, into this brainstorming session right yeah. now? How can we really be collaborative about this? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, folks, you've got your work to do. So like start with those achievement stories. You have permission to be motivated by your yes. unique motivations. So if some- you're not motivated, that's your fault. All right. Like that's the other thing too. And that's like, there's hope in that. Like such we, hope. You can. That's good news and bad news. Good, good news and bad. <laughs> Mainly good news. Yeah, we do that quite a bit on this podcast. Yeah. So take responsibility for those things that motivate you. Yeah, and just start leveraging them. Lean into them mm-hmm. a little bit more. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, another element, and that's going to be the uh, more the gifts and the contributions and the strengths. Okay. So it's another element. So now we're getting into the specifically like, like where have we acted in a certain way and it's born fruit, right? Mm. So these, mo- like when we compare motivations, what really drives us with those things that are very fruitful in our lives, we have rocket fuel here, folks versus motivations where we're not really good at yes. something. It's just like, okay, well, you can be really driven, but not get a whole lot accomplished. Mm-hmm. But like pairing those things up together. And then when we get to ideal conditions, like creating those ideal conditions, remember cultivate and care for the garden. And like, you know, the story that you, that the Lord is writing in your life. Boom. Like these are, this is clarity on God's will and God's plan for your life. So we'll see you there. All right. See you next week. Bye. Hey guys, if you liked what you learned here today, consider joining our academy where you can take all these tools and learn how to apply them to your life. Supremely practical stuff and you get coached along the way in the process. You are not by yourself. We hope to see you in there.